Hey folks, Daryl here. Before we get started with tonight's episode, I do want to give everyone a warning. Stephanie and I have recorded this particular episode on three different occasions, each one lasting well over an hour while we, while we had our conversation. And in each and every instance, we ran into audio difficulties. And literally what it boils down to is the platform we're using is messing up. We don't know why. We're trying to get it fixed. But we're getting really tired of recording this one episode. So we're going to put it up there so you can listen to it. You'll still get 99% of it. But we apologize on the front end. We, and we promise that we will come back with a much better quality on our next episode. So hang with us. This is the last of the series. We hope you enjoy. And let's get started. Hi, folks, and welcome to another Wildlife for You podcast. The show where we talk about wildlife and wildlife conservation in ways that make sense. I'm your host, Stephanie Payne, and I'm joined here by my good friend and co-host, Daryl Radajak. Before we go any further, Daryl here just reminded me before we went live that we should occasionally remind everyone that we are both not only educated in the field of wildlife, having both earned our wildlife biology degrees, but we're also very experienced in the world of wildlife as well. In other words, we're not just, you know, Joe Schmoes off the street preaching our beliefs to you. These podcasts are the, the best and most recent scientific findings. My good friend Daryl here has made a career out of working at for both state and federal government uh, agencies in the East as well as in the West. Um, and most of his focus has been on those large care megafauna. So, you know, as you can hear, he has more experience than the average biologist out there. Oh my gosh, you are too kind there, Steph. And hmm. I'll say I have, I've been around the block with a lot of these animals that we discuss on the podcast. And I enjoy that. It, wildlife has been my life ever since I was a little boy. So if you don't mind, though, we have two people on this podcast. And so if I could take a second and brag on you a little bit, uh, I do want to tell everyone that my co-host here, Stephanie Payne, she actually has three degrees, two of them that impressed the hell out of me. But um, one of the things that you should know is Stephanie had a career prior to this, all this wildlife stuff. She had a very successful career. And as a middle-aged woman, she decided to go back and pursue a bio biology degree, a wildlife management degree from Oregon State University. And she also focused in human wildlife dynamics, making it even that much harder. So if that wasn't impressive enough, after I met Stephanie and we started working with each other professionally, I asked her if she would assist with this bear attack response training that we were putting on in Tennessee. And not only did she take the reins, she stole the reins, got up on the horse, kicked it in the hind end, and galloped off into the, the sunset. So she <laughs> now she now coordinates wildlife human attack response training for federal state agencies, provincial agencies from Mexico all the way to Canada. And so she just did a phenomenal job really diving into this wildlife world. And so she knows she knows her stuff when it comes, especially to those apex predators that we often talk about. So Thanks. anyway, 
the, the, the bottom line, the reason we're saying this, folks, is when you listen to this podcast, um, like Stephanie said, we're not just two Joe Schmoes up the street. We have spent our lives, our careers and education in learning as much as we can about wildlife. And because of that, literally what we want to do, we want to let science remain the main voice for the animals. And, and so that's that's the best way to manage these things. Anyway, enough about us. And let, let me ask you, Steph. Were you were you jonesing as much as I was to get back into the thick of things and to doing these podcasts? Because for those that don't know, we took last week off. And that was the first week off we had from doing these podcasts since, I think, October of 2020. In fact, we had a good stretch there where we were even doing two podcasts a week. Yeah. And truth be told, I, I missed it. Um, and, and the bad thing is, it's not like either one of us went on vacation or something fun. You know, we were both dealing with pretty insane house hunting and house building issues. Ugh, this this market, it's just insane now. Yeah. And, and I don't even want to talk about houses right now. So <laughs> I so I so badly want to get into the swing of things again with these podcasts. So what do you say today? We we finish off a little series we started about three weeks ago, and it was it was started kind of out of fun, where we began teaching people about some of those more familiar sounds that we hear in the wild, but we rarely pay attention to them. And so, initially, we dabbled in the world of frogs, and we taught everyone the different frog calls. And then another podcast, we dove into the world of birds and birds of prey, especially. But face it, when you're sitting outside, you're around a campfire, wherever you may be, and you hear a frog in the distance or possibly as it's getting dark, you you hear an owl hooting in the distance. We, we might note it. We'll, we'll probably smile a little bit, listen for a sec. But rarely do we ever stop what we're doing. It doesn't stop us in our tracks. And so what do you say today we dive into a few animal sounds that should really cause us to take pause and to take note to what we're listening to. Sounds that make you stop dead in your tracks for you. I mean, <laughs> I didn't know that spiders actually made any audible noises. <laughs> yeah. Real funny there goof, but I bet you never heard the mating call of a black widow though. <laughs> uh, no, but I remember stories from my dad talking spiders when I was a kid. I never, never heard of a barking spider. <laughs> Remind me, I'll tell you later. Okay. Um, okay, so what do you say we, we go over some of those often misinterpreted predator sounds? Oh, you know, I, I like where you're going. Um, question, though, can we make sure that we tackle the sounds that old man Johnson always hears down in the holler? Old man Johnson? <laughs> <laughs> miss it. You, you, you make miss it. You, you, you hear that? <laughs> oh my gosh. Why do you make me do these things? But yeah, th those are exactly some of the sounds that we should probably tackle on this podcast. And of course, when we do, what we're going to do is we're going to provide the correct animal as far as the source of the noise. Because, you know, old man Johnson was convinced that there was black panthers living down in that holler. And they don't. <laughs> they don't even live on this continent. Good point. So, um, so what do you want to tackle first? You want to tackle felids, canids, or ursids? How about we tackle English first and let everyone know what the heck you just said? <laughs> so, <laughs> Sorry, it's okay. What what Stephanie just said with her 
felids, canids, and ursids uh, is simply the cat family, the dog family, and the bear family. And so I tell you what, Steph, since, since you're giving me the choice, I'm going to, I think we should start with probably the most iconic deep wilderness call of them all. I think I know where you're going. I think you do too. And I, I think if we start with those canids, which is that call I'm thinking of, or the member of the dog family, and then we could touch on about three of those canid calls or dog calls, what that will do, it'll lead us perfectly into the felids or the cat family. And then from there, we can end up with the ursids or the bear family, since they're, they're probably the least vocal of them all. Deal. Okay. All right, D. So you cue up that first sound and I will get things started on the lesson. All right. My DJ Jazzy Jeff mastery is underway. <laughs> For the love of dog, I created a monster when I asked you to tackle that soundboard. <laughs> anyway, so folks, the first animal that you're going to hear is truly um, the icon of, of wild places. And I'm sure that no one will have any problems identifying this first call. So, Daryl, are you about queued up with your phone over there? I am. Are you ready, folks? Okay. Uh, again, this is probably one of those most, one of the most iconic wildlife call you will hear out there. All right. All right. I imagine everyone knows what we were talking about there. And yeah, well, and, and what you just heard, folks, was, of course, the call of North America's most iconic wilderness species, the, the gray wolf, also known as the timber wolf. Even had a, a couple of Peter Brady wolves in there. <laughs> yeah that that would have been me if i was a member of that pack that squeaky voice would probably have been me i we lucked out because the moment i stopped playing that my dog just if you heard the ruckus in the in the background my dog just walked in and hopped up on the bed next to me so anyway uh yeah hopefully i won't play the wolf thing again because she'll probably like uh bray along well wolves don't bray they she'll <laughs> <laughs> she'll howl along with them so yeah well so now now we talk about this species quite often but you know sadly wolves they're not as widespread as they once were wolves both the gray and the red they were persecuted for centuries and we people literally extirpated them um, or or made them extinct from the entire lower 48 so recent protections under the Endangered Species Act has allowed some of their populations to rebound and expand. Um, currently, gray wolves are found in the greater Yellowstone area, but you know, don't think that that's just like the park. That population extends all the way to eastern Washington. And then um, there's another fairly large population in the western Great Lakes states. 
And then there's a small population um, of the gray wolves, also known as Mexican wolves that are along the Arizona and New Mexico border. So they're going to be a subspecies. So unless you live anywhere in those areas, the likelihood of you hearing a gray wild, a wild gray wolf in the wild is almost non-existent unless obviously it's a captive animal. So now the cool thing is, is some, some dogs can really make a sound like a wolf too. So you might still get some of that ambiance just from hearing some, some really large domestic canids. Um, you know, my Anatolian shepherd, the, the 165 pounder, he's a good example. And, and he does it all the time because he, he takes his job to clear the path for emergency vehicles very seriously. But I will say it's still not exactly, you know, what iconic call of the, the wolf. It's this, this eerie, lonely sound that still makes you smile. You know, it's, it's absolutely awesome. And I, I know Daryl thinks that too, but anyhow, um, I know I mentioned just a second ago, I mentioned red wolves, but I should mention that we are not going to, to do any calls of red wolves because their population, it's so small, you know, and they're only located on the coast. Yeah. And so I, let me just play this one more time because the wolf call is, is truly one of my favorites. So here is the gray wolf one last time. Music to my ears. Probably not to everyone's ears, but that, that wolf howl. I was waiting to see if Bristol or Brooklyn, whichever one came in, was going to chime no, in. No, she, her ear didn't even twitch. I have the the biggest, laziest black lab you could ever ever imagine, and so unless unless it was the call of a, a Frankfurter hot dog, she wouldn't even budge. <laughs> so, anyway, that that wolf there, um, that that's kicking off our talk tonight, and I, I will mention that the wolf is literally the top dog, so to speak. And both in sound, that, that lone wolf howl, as well as its biological awesomeness as being, being that top apex predator. However, there is a cousin of the wolf, which is way more ubiquitous than, than the gray wolf. And so it's, it's literally found all over the entire continent of North America. Now, this cousin of his is actually quite vocal, and he's probably heard by, by more people than any other single mammal. Yep, yep. And what Daryl is referring to is the good old wily coyote, the smaller but equally impressive cousin of the gray wolf. Yeah, and, and like I said before, this is going to be a sound that many folks throughout North America can hear off in the distance. And believe it or not, folks, this species is actually so vocal, they're nicknamed the song dogs, or they're nicknamed song dogs. And so because of their propensity to howl and yelp and cry, uh, they, they are often uh, serenading people all over North America. So right here, folks, this is what a coyote sounds like, or a pack of coyotes. Oh, 
Okay, so that's that's the yelping. That's a really excited call from them. And then I'll get into a couple where you can hear the individual coyote calling. And you'll notice it's just a much higher pitch than that wolf call. I too think that's equally beautiful. Yeah. And and here's the neat thing about coyotes. Like my dog and what I was saying, coyotes also love sirens. So, you know, oftentimes I'll be sitting out back and sometimes I'll hear all of the yotes fire up first. And then, you know, not long after I'll hear an emergency vehicle in the distance going down the highway. Um, Sometimes, you know, they like to chime in and, and warn of that emergency vehicle coming. But other times you'll hear the siren. And then when the siren's kind of drifting off into the distance, you'll hear all the yotes fire up. So, Yeah, and it's funny that you say you you hear the, the yotes fire up in the distance. Because anytime I hear those coyote howls, man, I, I swear, I think it's such a sweet, sweet serenade. But oddly enough, there are a lot of folks out there, Steph, that... They hear those coyotes yelping it up and it literally strikes fear into their heart. Yeah. Well, so being a person who lives in an extremely rural area, um, I, I will say when I hear the, the yotes fire up, if they're nearby, immediately my first thought is for my, my outdoor animals, you know, like my, my barn cat, because I've, I've literally had, you know, fatness has had an altercation with a coyote in, in the past and, and barely survived. So that's why my outdoor cats, outdoor cats, that's why they only spend, you know, a bit of the daylight hours in and or then I, I bring them back in the house. So for those of you wondering if this is your first time listening, when Stephanie refers to her fatness, it is not, it is not that extra bag of Cheetos she had. It is actually the, it's actually the name of one of her outdoor barn cats. Yeah. So anyway, li listening to coyotes, let's wrap it up on the coyotes. Uh, a lot of it, especially if there's fear of the unknown, it's, it's just misunderstanding of these critters. But if you really want to start getting into some more menacing or potentially spookier or scarier calls, wait until you hear what the fox says. And, and don't even go there. Steph. I, I hear the grumble back there. <laughs> Yeah, there's no way I'd touch that. I hated that stupid song, the What the Fox Say. And then you went and, and you named our, our episode on foxes, What the Fox Say. So every time I'm like, What the Fox Say? I hate that. <laughs> no, that's not at all what they say. That's, <laughs> that's more like what, an, what a 40 year old off key brainiac biologist says. <laughs> so, what I'm going to do so you get that. <laughs> out of your head uh, from Stephanie. Um, what I'm going to do, I'm going to play the sound of a real fox. And this is where, if you don't know what's happening and you're just sitting outside uh, on your back porch or you're camping out and you hear this uh, calling from down by the creek, this is where you start, you start paying attention, folks. So here is a fox.
So I will say that that is much different. Most people, when they hear a wolf or a coyote howl, they, they know it's a wolf or a coyote. You hear this and you don't know what the heck it is. Yeah. And it is such an easy to misinterpret sound. I have literally heard people saying it's somebody screaming. I've heard people thinking that it's a rabbit that just got nabbed by something and it screamed. I heard people think it was a fawn yelling for mama because it was in danger. You name it. I have literally heard the what the fox say to be dubbed as anything but what the fox say. Um, and I should add that foxes generally make this sound oftentimes when they're calling to their mate. So, and, and as you can tell, it's often described as kind of a woman screaming kind of sound. And yeah, you know, if you're, if you're out, it's really, it's loud. I mean, this is, it travels quite a distance, so it can really be pretty frightful. Um, and as you can imagine, it is often mistaken or claimed to be that the scream of a, a air quotes, black Panther or air quotes, Eastern Cougar or some other mythical beast. Yeah, and I bet you that, that that sound right there is often the claim from Old Man Johnson. Yeah, and I would hazard a guess that foxes, as well as our next animal, if I know what you're going to play next, are probably the number one and number two culprits when it comes to people claiming that the the screams going on in the the, the back of the you know the woods is coming from a air quotes black panther or eastern cougar. You, you could have said it. You, you could have said down in the holler because you probably say it a whole lot better than I do. But I, I do I, say it better than you, but I don't <laughs> say that off. But I, I know where you're going with this, and and yes, foxes are probably the culprit when it comes to that unknown scream from the back forty. Um, but. I, I know where you're going with this, and it looks like it's time for us to switch from the canids to the felids. Yep, yep, you absolutely read my So what I'm going to do, I'm going to play our first cat call. And it, I promise you folks, this is going to be a little bit scarier, um, because when you hear this, <laughs> it sounds like an animal in so much more distress. But I do want to preface it. When I was gathering these calls to play for you and when i came across a bobcat call which i'll just tell you right now that's that's what i'm going to play here the bobcat call i have is a conglomeration of all the different vocalizations that they will make and you could you could hear the screams from the bobcat very similar to the fox but then you're going to hear some awful noises that would literally scare the the, the pants off of you. So here, folks, is a bobcat. Holy crap. <laughs> Can you imagine <laughs> hearing that down in the holler? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and I have to say, yeah, these, these are some of my favorite critters. And the first two calls are probably more common, those, those lighter calls. Um, but I love 
their their mating calls or their you know those aggression calls their nasal cavity plays such a role in their vocalizations i i love that kind of you know back of the the throat snorty sound that oh, wait, they make let me so play much. that again because th- that just impresses the heck out of me um let's see if i got it right holy cow Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. Holy cow is a, but you know, if you think that these sound gnarly, have you, have you heard that video that's got the two links that are, uh, you know, going at it? Why? Why? Yes. Because when I was preparing for that, I ran across uh, that video and I will tell you that is one of my absolute favorite videos. And let me, let me clarify something. When, when Steph, talks about two links going at it just so you know they weren't going at it they were thinking about going at it and wondering if that was their next step but this is absolutely crazy and most people that hear this would probably crap their pants and every time that stephanie and i listen to it <laughs> well <laughs> they'll hear to say you're good you're gonna hear our reaction this these are two links getting ready to go at it i i should specify that when, when we say these cats are getting ready to go at it they're not getting ready to fight they're they're looking for love <laughs> and I'm sorry, but if I was the if I was the male lynx here and the female lynx was making that noise, I would be, I would be looking the other way. But the the sad thing is, he's making the same noise. <laughs> yep. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> All right, I gotta stop because we're, we're we're beginning to snort and sound just like. <laughs> I'm actually crying over here, which is awesome. I was trying to really not just bust out laughing, but so you know, Daryl, not not much gets to me um, when I'm I'm out in the wild, but you know, like you said, a lot of people if they would probably need a second pair of pants if they were out camping, especially if they were out camping alone or hiking alone. Um, you and I, yeah, we'd need a second pair of pants for a completely different reason. We'd be <laughs> laughing so hard. Yeah. We'd, we'd probably just pee ourselves from not being able to control it. So <laughs> anyway, fortunately I, well, maybe it's actually, unfortunately, I live too far South to hear mating calls from a lynx. So remember, folks, these are a cold weather species. Um, so they're adapted, you know, like for pursuing snowshoe hare is their main staple. And you typically find them in Canada and in some parts of the Rockies. At so, In other words, um, to all of my southern companions, they're not terribly prevalent in the lower 48. So you probably if you live, you know, 
very far down in the United States at all, you're not going to have to freak out by hearing this. So since, <laughs> since we mentioned um, cougars earlier, what do you say that, that we go ahead and play, you know, the big cat sound? Okay. Yeah, we, we probably ought to do that. But before I do it, I, I want to preface this by mentioning that that cougars being like true carnivores, they're, they're also one of the lower ranking apex predators. And so since they're carnivores, they're, they're, they're needing to kill stuff in order to eat. They're not too keen on announcing their presence. They, they don't want other animals to know they're around. And, and so, in fact, pretty much all of these animals we're mentioning, especially the, the cats and, and the bears, they, they don't vocalize too much. Now, the, the canids, those dogs, the wolves, the coyotes, those are pack animals. And so since they are um, hanging out in these larger social groups, they often want to know where each other are. So they are usually much more vocal. But cougars and bobcats and, and bears, they're, they're not very vocal. They, they don't want to be heard. They don't want to be seen. And so they're not out there announcing themselves to the world. So the only time these animals really get audible. Think about it. It's during their mating season. You just heard those lynx um, going crazy. That's, that's a mating call for them. And so they're trying to attract a mate. And so they got to be vocal at that time. But for the most part, all their other communications, it's going to be between them and their offspring. It's going to be much softer and usually at much lower decibels. Yeah. And that's, that's a really good point. You know, the canids, like you said, they are social, so thereby they are more vocal, and these are far, far less vocal. And having that that basic understanding of the biology and the behavior of animals that you're interested in will undoubtedly help you identify different sounds that they potentially make. So not only are some sounds just flat out unlikely, but the sounds that you do hear should be associated with certain behaviors, such as mating or, like Daryl said, possibly calling to their offspring. So animals, you know, they're not like humans who sometimes have this propensity to, to yell or scream or just get loud for absolutely no reason. Um, anyway, Dee, to be fair, though, um, can you cue up the loudest cougar scream that you could find? Okay, that, that sounds fair. And we, we did play some pretty loud lynx and bobcat calls. So to be fair, like Stephanie said, I will play the loudest cougar scream that I could find. Just so you know, it's pretty hard to find because they don't do this that much. But this, my friends, is what a cougar scream sounds like. And I closed my phone. <laughs> So much for DJ Jazzy Jeff. <laughs> All right, here, here is that cougar scream. little almost a little softer than well definitely a little softer than that links um but it's it's definitely not this the this 
overpowering call from a much much larger cat yeah it's it's still a bit chilling but i would say it is nowhere near as startling as the sound that that minuscule compared to a, a cougar the sound that they're the bobcat makes or the lynx so um so what would a female do you have a call where a female maybe is calling to her cub so they know what that sounds like yeah I, i'm glad you brought that up because like i said that, that cougar scream is extremely rare a, a call that a cougar will use more often especially if it's a female with cubs she's going to have those cubs with her for about a year and a half and she communicates with them and this is a large female cougar calling to her cubs. Get, get, stand back because it's menacing. There you go. In fact, let, here, yeah. let, let me do it again. This is going to be where the cat moves away a little bit. You'll still hear the chirping, but you'll, you'll hear it in the background more. How many people would hear that and think cougar? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh my gosh, they're like none of them. I know. They, I mean, they'd be walking through the woods, and if you just so happened to hear that, they're the average person. Um, I mean, heck, even the average biologist who isn't specialized in that would probably not realize that that's a cougar. And like Daryl said, that's the that's the big cougar. That is not the sound that kids are making. Um, and I, I have to say, I, I wish for everybody but I, I used to work with two captive cougars and my big male um he would make this the most obnoxious like wow wow sound when he knew i was bringing him a treat because he he loved rawhides so if he saw me walking towards him with a rawhide he would just bust out into this really loud just um <laughs> but that was that was like the only time you'd ever hear him make any kind of a vocalization other than purring i, I loved it yeah, I, I will say I am quite envious of you and some of the work you did with those big cats that that would have been a very special treat. So, yeah. OK, so random sidebar. So, you know, I worked with um, I worked with snow leopards and I worked with cougars and, and I worked with bobcats and a lynx, but um, and coyotes. But anyway, besides all <laughs> of that, the the Shut cougar, if, if yeah, sorry, if it just flat out sheer size especially when i consider the big male that um that i worked with the cougar was flat out way larger than all of those other cats but like i said he can purr and purring is technically not a big cat trait so like um the snow leopards you know they can actually roar kind of like a lion um you know they didn't do it very often but just just and they weren't nearly as robust as that male lion who has that most incredible of all roars but uh it's really nifty because they they couldn't purr. They they do this thing called chuffing instead of purring, uh, which kind of sounds like they got a furball stuck in their throat. But anyway, it's it's really cool. I I think that it's awesome that I have audio of a cougar purring on my phone um, with the the cool novelty that they're not like you know chewing on my arm while they're doing it. <laughs> yeah, that, that that's always a plus. <laughs> all right, all right, Steph. <laughs> We've, we've covered the canids. We've covered the most of, well, we, 
I should say most of the felids in North America. We're not gonna we're not gonna talk about jaguarundi or ocelot or or the jaguar. But uh, what do you say we wrap this up with some vocalizations from my favorite animal? Me? You want you want me to vocalize more? <laughs> and, uh, no. But you said your favorite animal. <laughs> it, hey. Hey, if you want, and you keep teasing, I'll bring up a music video that I saw you do once. <laughs> oh yeah, no, we definitely do not want that. Our our listeners do not want that. Um, so I think where Daryl is going with this is he would like to play a few vocalizations that you may hear from a bear. As we all know, Daryl is the bear guy. He can, I mean, we can be talking about anything but bears. We can be talking about fish, and Daryl can somehow bring a bear relevantly into the conversation i mean does it uh, we we're listening one day and my husband's we were talking about fish on a podcast suddenly daryl's just like well this bear and i'm like are you kidding me and my husband looks at me and i'm like dude i he's got a talent for bringing bears into the conversation but um anyway so here's something to keep in mind if you hear any of these vocalizations um that, that we're about to play that daryl's going to play you about the bear you're probably way too close because number one, they're not loud. So if you can hear them already a bad sign, but typically this means that the bear is. And before I do that, here's a really cool vocalization. I just came across. Now she won't do it. My dog is snoring like crazy in the background. I'm sitting there going, I'm sitting there thinking, well, epic soundboard failure no i i moved the i moved the microphone right up to her and then she i think she just sensed the vibe that she, she was being recorded so so she shut up so anyway what what stephanie was saying about the bears and the, the vocalization is these are going to be sounds that if you hear you are going to be way too close and yes sadly I've heard this sound way more often than I would have liked to, but it kind of came with my line of work and working with bears for so long. So here's the thing, folks. There's probably two primary vocalizations that bears make. And what when they do this, they literally are telling the humans, they're, they're giving the humans a warning that they're agitated. And, and so you've probably often heard people say that uh, a bear will huff or possibly pop its jaws at you. These are actually two distinct noises, and they're, they're made by two completely different actions from that bear. The good thing is both of these sounds, they mean the same thing. And, and so if you hear these sounds, it's literally the bear telling you, hey, please back up. You're stressing me out. And so what I'm going to do, I'm going to play the bear huff first. And in the background, you'll probably hear my dog snoring again because she knows I'm not paying attention to her. But here is a bear huffing. And I'll play I'll play the huffing just because there's it's kind of a staticky recording there, but the that is the bear huffing.
Yeah. So that, that sound that you're hearing there, folks, it's more or less the bear exaggerating his breathing, much like, like Daryl did when he was, um, when he was imitating that, that sound, he's literally, the bear is breathing forcefully out and a bit more rapidly than normal. Okay. So that was the whole huffing scenario. Now let me play the jaw popping sound because this is often accompanied by that huffing. In fact, on that previous one, I I even detected a couple of the jaw popping, but it's hard for the untrained ear, but listen to this. It's going to be a a short clip. You're going to hear this. Steph, you want to demonstrate it? The jaw popping? No. Okay. The, The jaw popping. Here is the sound of a bear popping its jaws. Play it again because it's fairly quiet and that's pretty much like you would hear it. You know what that sounds like? It sounds like old man Johnson without his dentures and popping his mouth. <laughs> yeah, could be, but that, that's literally what they're doing. Yeah. So anyway, once again, this, like you just heard, this will not be very audible so if you do hear this noise you're you're way too close if you can hear that noise that flat out you are way too close but it's literally the bear sending you the message that you really need to back up so you know what the bear is doing here is opening and closing their mouth rapidly and literally you know their their lips are smacking together so sometimes you'll actually hear people say that jaw popping is called lip smacking literally one and the same you can use those two words synonymously yeah and you know as well as i i can go on about this stuff all mm-hmm. day long there there's so mm-hmm. many vocalizations that stop puffing me off <laughs> <laughs> i can go on and on about these vocalizations and behaviors when it comes to bears but I will save that. I do do webinars where I teach all this stuff. And it's it's really important because besides those auditory cues, bears are often giving you visual cues that we need to be made aware of. So um, going back to everything we've been talking about, I will tell you, though, the good news with bears and all these other animals is if you hear them making vocalizations, you can almost guarantee, not, not 100%, but you can almost guarantee they are not interested in eating you. Yeah, so, so explain why in all of the movies where bears have a cameo that always you see this ginormous um, brown bear in this rigid posture with his all the way forward and his mouth is open and his lips are extended and he's doing this amazing, bellowing roar so when do they do that (laughs) i'm not doing that again (laughs) i was gonna say was that like a chewbacca i don't know what that is (laughs) so when when would the bear actually actually do that Uh, that, easy they would do that when they are trained to do that (laughs) it's not it's not a very natural sound and and just so you know the the bear you described you're probably familiar with that that was usually bart the bear he's a Mm -hmm. very famous hollywood uh, show bear and obviously his trainers trained him to do that not just the vocalization but the whole facial expression where his lips are flapping and he's wide mouth gaping at someone like he's about to eat him that's not what bears do 
if they were to make the roar, which they are capable of, oftentimes it'll be brown bears when they're they're kind of fighting over either a mate or a good fishing spot or something like that. Um, so yeah. I need to research. I actually um, I read once in a thing about Bart that he is trained. He was trained to do like the facial expressions and stuff, but that that the sound didn't accompany it because it was just not part of the bear's repertoire to do that. But, I read um, that. Okay, so maybe we read it. We both read it. It must be true. It was on the internet. Um, yes. Anyway, so I, I will say, you know, I've seen coastal brown bears that are fighting over like, uh, is either a salmon, but I'm really thinking it was early in the season when they're far more aggressive. So I'm thinking it was a, a clam spot, but, you know, they'd hit that sound from time to time, but it's nothing like that movie cameo thing where the guy's like, you know, crawling through the underbrush and then he comes out in this clearing and he's nose to nose with this ginormous brown bear who's sitting there just ready to bellow a roar at him just absolutely absurd what they do yeah and and so again folks if you hear these animals that we're talking about these these cats and the dogs and the and the bears if you hear them vocalizing that is not them trying to sneak up and eat you yeah yeah because you know if they're interested in eating you you're not going to hear them. I mean, not to scare everybody, but these are, these are predators. They would go into stealth mode if the, if that was the case, if they were looking for a meal. So the bottom, if you hear any of these predators making, you know, noises or vocalizations um, with the, of the bear, if you hear the bear huffing at you or jaw popping, you are obviously way too close. So you need to back up. Otherwise with all of the other vocalizations, those should actually put you a little more at ease because again, with the bear, it's either telling you to get away, i.e. not, you're not my meal, or it's these other animals saying they're totally interested in something else and it ain't you. Unless you're their mate. (laughs) (laughs) I I think that's, that's a sign there that when (laughs) when you bring out the bum chicka wow wow, so I think we've done a pretty good job at explaining a lot of these predator vocalizations. Any other predator calls you want me to play? I think we both actually just did our <laughs> that last <laughs> predator call. Boom, chicka, wow, wow. Yeah. Anyway, no, I, I think that you about covered it. So um, I did glance at my watch. What do you say we, we wrap this episode up? Uh, wrapping it up. I was afraid you're going to say that. Well, Steph, you know how much I absolutely love doing these predator podcasts with yeah as do i my friend i could i mean even this one i feel like i feel like we've just talked about this stuff over and over you know it's it's good stuff we you you tend to babble a little bit but that's okay (laughs) i do not babble i am not the babbler of the two of us (laughs) uh i I'm, i'm not gonna argue that so anyway you want to do honors tonight uh, wait, 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 wait. Before I even offer you that, um, are there any shout outs that you want to give? And before you give any shout outs, I do want to give, <laughs> I don't want to give you a chance to speak at all. Is what I, what I, don't want. <laughs> I do want to give a special thanks to Critter Facts Radio for promoting our show on their website. They are, um, the well, they sought us out and what they do is they air the wildlife for you podcast on Sundays and Mondays. So big thanks to them. I don't know if it has anything to do with it, but believe it or not, Steph, we have a couple of hundred followers to our podcast. 
Yeah. And those, uh, those critter facts radio folks, they are awesome. And, um, when Daryl says website, just for the record, y'all, he all, he also means an app. So if you prefer apps, um, for your mobile, feel free to go to, you know, Google play or the iTunes store and download the critter facts radio app. So, and you know, like I said, they are awesome. But our Facebook followers are equally as awesome. So, um, you know, to to give a shout out to all of those folks that follow us on the Book of Faces. So remember to follow along and stay up to date with the latest and greatest wildlife news. Uh, before long, I will say Daryl does promise to get back into the webinar business. We we are literally just waiting until his house hunting worries are behind him. Yeah, and with any luck, that'll be sometime around... December? (laughs) (laughs) No, hopefully it'll be... I had a cough. I'm sorry. Um, Hopefully I'll be back in the webinar business around August. It it could have been earlier in June, but my... I'm sorry, it could have been earlier in July, but my July is shaping up to be pretty busy with our student trip to Yellowstone and the Tetons. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that one. Yeah, and I so very much appreciate you willing to help with that. You are just so everyone knows and understands again. Steph's that big game predator attack person. And so what we're going to have Stephanie do when she assists us with this student trip is we're going to we're going to rely on her to do some training for these students because we are going to be taking them into some pretty heavy grizzly areas. Yeah, yeah, you're just me to be the slowest person aren't you oh heck no i know you're i know you're faster than me <laughs> i'm just secretly hoping you trip <laughs> i've seen you in the woods before just so you know <laughs> uh sad but true i'm grace so um as long as we watch out for each other's packs i think i think we'll be just fine yeah that i can do anyway folks we so so very much appreciate all of you out there and we thank you for listening to yet another wild and wacky wildlife for you podcast. And as always, when it comes to wildlife, your knowledge often means their existence night folks. Number one, you are fixated with haulers. And secondly, you'd seriously wish me to trip if a bear was coming after us. Well, I didn't say I would trip you. Maybe I did. (laughs) Never mind. Put it this way, Steph. I just know if a bear is going to see me, he's going to think I'm the juiciest one of all. Hmm. You agree, don't you? 